You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. We're talking about following the pattern. And again, I'm going to say this, what we're finding in the book of Acts is exactly what the world needs, what the church needs, what Christendom needs. God has a church that's anointed in the world. And then there is what we call Christendom that has the name of Christ over the church, but needs a good touch of the Holy Spirit in their pews. We need the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit in our midst. We can't program Him. I mean, we had on at what schedule we do make, we had on the welcome announcements and then prayer for special needs. Caleb was all ready to pray, and I went over to Caleb, and I said, Honey, we're going to eliminate that today. God wants something else, because God was already starting to move, and I saw the plan. I saw the way God was moving, and I said, We're going to eliminate it. Do you mind? He goes, Oh, no. And so when we obey the leading of the Spirit, you see what happened. How many are sad that we didn't have Caleb pray? Amen. And that's, that doesn't mean any reflection on Caleb because he always prays under the anointing. Amen. Praise God. Acts 1-2. Until the day, this is a, this is a well, I'll, go, I'll do, uh, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to uh, do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments. Everybody say, given commandments. Given commandments. To the apostles whom he had chosen. And he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments. I want to tell you something, saints. Church is not, we have liberty and everything else, but church is just not free for all and, you know, go by the seat of your pants. And and, uh, There's organization in the flow of the Holy Spirit. If you sat down and you watched the service today, you would, have, you would see the flow, how the Spirit flowed through this, this congregation and how the Holy Spirit directed. You see, the trouble is with us leaders of the church, we're afraid to let God move in our midst because we don't want to see any mistakes. We don't want to see any flaws. We don't want to see anybody doing something they shouldn't be doing. Honey, by not allowing the freedom of the Holy Spirit in our congregation, we're doing more and bringing more detriment to the gospel than we do if someone got up and did something they shouldn't have done while the Spirit's moving. Because while the Spirit is moving and everybody's rejoicing and moving and that person does whatever they do, half the people don't even know that it went on and you just move on in the Spirit. There are some times when things happen like that, you don't even correct it. You just keep going with the Spirit. Yeah, someone may prophesy and they may be wrong. 
But that's not going to kill the move of the Spirit more than putting down the clamps and saying, okay, we've got a program, this is the way it's going to go. And why a lot of them do that is because they want to eliminate the errors and the mistakes. We're all learning. And sometimes we prophesy when we shouldn't prophesy. We speak out in tongues when we shouldn't speak in tongues. But if, if the leadership is flowing and anointed of the Holy Spirit, they'll just keep moving on. That person will sit down and we'll just go on with the move of the Spirit. Instead of stopping and drawing attention to it, we just move on. Well, I'll talk about that when we get in the gifts of the Spirit. But anyway, he'd given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Commandment one. Let's go to Luke 24, 46. Now, we're following the pattern. We're exploring the book of Acts. We want to have and understand how they did it. Because we want the same results that they had in the early church. I don't have any other pattern to follow but the book of Acts. There was no church prior to the book of Acts. It was only after the book of Acts. And the foundational principles of running a church and running a church service is in the book of Acts. Some people say, why do you apostolics or why do you Pentecostals always spend time in the book of Acts? Well, honey, that's the pattern. Why wouldn't we? And if you listen to the epistles that you read them, you will understand that most that Paul and all of them are talking about was happening in the book of Acts. All the Old Testament points to the book of Acts. And all the epistles point back to the book of Acts. And the reason being is because a lot of it happened while the church was in its infant stage. All the epistles are are letters written from people who were doing the works of God in the book of Acts. The epistles are not different than Acts. Do you understand what I'm saying? Paul is, is, is teaching what he learned from Jesus' teaching when, he was, uh, when, he, when Jesus spent 40 days with them. He was teaching them and gave them commandments. And everything that the apostles did, they did in obedience to the commandments of Jesus. So how could you have it any different? If Jesus healed the sick, and you know something else? Jesus even danced in the Spirit. When the disciples came back and reported, you've probably heard me say this before, when the disciples, so everything that we do in church is in the book of Acts and Jesus approved of. When the disciples came back after he had anointed them and they went out and healed the sick and said the devil's a, you know, subject to us and everything else, and, um, and everybody gets in on that part. Well, you know, don't be so great about people getting cast out of the devil and blah, 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 blah. Just be thankful that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And Jesus never was rebuking them for that. 
Because later on, it says Jesus, the Bible says Jesus rejoiced. If you go and look that up, it says Jesus jumped in the air and just did a dance. Jesus wasn't this pious man that just walked away. He was a holy man. He never smiled. He never got excited. He was Jesus. He was God in the flesh. And when he's around, you never get happy. You never get excited. Because the holy man is in our midst. That's not the way you react to Jesus, and that's not the way we, Jesus reacted. Jesus was just a common, everyday man on earth, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Can you say him? He was God in the flesh. But the Bible said he didn't take that royalty. He did not uh, display all of that. He displayed himself for what he came for. And that was to come as a man and die as a man and redeem us. But when he rose from the dead, it was a whole different story. Every once in a while, he let his glory show. When he calmed the waters. When he spoke peace. Why couldn't he speak peace? He's the prince of peace. He's God. But when he was walking among men, he identified with us as a man. He could have called 10,000 angels to come in his, his, his uh, can you say amen? Well, uh, okay, there's another, get off that. Okay, Luke 24, 46, this is, this is commandment number one. It was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. He's talking about the death, burial, and resurrection. And he's telling his disciples that the death, his death, his burial and his resurrection are to be preached. You can't have the gospel without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We could stop right there and do a Bible study on that. The Bible study about the, the, the efficacy of his death, uh, the efficacy of his burial, and the purpose of his burial, and the purpose of his resurrection. This is to be preached in its various varied forms. And so this is the foundation of the gospel. All the gospel is built upon this. Without preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no gospel because that's the good news. You could preach that he's a good man. You could say that and, and listen to all the things he had to say and Jesus was, was very wise and he spoke a lot of wisdom. And we could have his, his wise words spoken to us but if we did not have the foundational uh, 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 teaching on the death, burial, and resurrection, uh, there would be and could be no church. This is the very foundation. Look at uh, Ephesians 2.20. says here, it says, Together we are his house, speaking of the church built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Take Jesus out of the church and you've got nothing. Take the teachings of the prophets, 
and the apostles, we have no gospel. Someone, I was in a ministerial group uh, uh, quite a while back, uh, and uh, we were, someone spoke up, and one of the ministers spoke up and said, well, you know, I, 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 could be, I, I, I could be comfortable with the fact that Jesus was in the virgin, and I'd had all I could take. I drove my fist in the table, and I stood up, and I said, I beg to differ with you. I says, if Mary was not a virgin, then I says, we might as well quit preaching and, and stop playing church. I says, either Mary was a virgin or she wasn't. If she wasn't, it's curtains. It's all over. I says, no, I am not comfortable in the fact and having the idea that Mary was, could have not been a virgin. It had to be a woman that had not been touched by man. It had to be a woman that the Holy Spirit moved upon by a supernatural act. The death, burial, and resurrection must be preached. Even the fact of the way that Jesus was born. If we throw that out, saints, we have got nothing. It was a command of Jesus. Now, this is what Paul was telling us. Paul is stating here that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets or on the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. That is on the faithful witness to the saving message of Christ Jesus. The death, burial, and resurrection. That's command number one. He gave commandments. He didn't just leave those disciples willy-nilly. We have no right to deviate the book of Acts if we are founding a denomination or whatever we are starting. We have no authority to uh, deviate from the plan that God has given in the book of Acts. If we are, we come up wanting. I know this is, sounds straight, but it's got to be straight. We've been playing church for so long. We feel it's so easy that we can say, well, that's not of God, and this is not of God. Who's to say what is and what isn't of God? We've got to go to the Bible. We've got to go to the Word of God and find out what is the Word of God and what isn't the Word of God. Either, we're, either we, we're worshiping right or we're worshiping wrong. Either, either we believe this or we don't believe this. Either we have this as a pattern, then we are amiss. And if I don't govern my life according to the book of Acts, everything in the New Testament comes out of the book of Acts. It's the pattern. My wife used to make dresses. I don't know whether Deanna liked them or not, but she used to make dresses for, my, for her little girl. And there was always a time when it was all frillies and everything else. And uh, I'm telling you, they, those dresses, they were some, some nice-looking dresses. And, um, uh, uh, and, but you know what? I remember she's finally thrown them out or put them on the, on the on yard sale or whatever she'd done with them. But I mean, she had yards and, I mean, boxes and boxes of patterns. She didn't just sit down to the sewing machine and say, guess I'll make a dress. 
Well, how am I going to do? Well, I'll start with the hem first. And so she measures out a big piece of paper, big piece of cloth, and she starts doing the hem. And then, you know, she said, well, I'm not going to really worry which side, you know, the, 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 the sleeve's supposed to be on. I think I'll just stick it in here. And well, man, well, there's plenty of space here, so I'll stick another sleeve in here. My Lord, can you imagine what it would have looked like? And that's what we find in a lot of Christendom. We're making pockets where they shouldn't be. We're making sleeves where they shouldn't be. We're putting in what we think. We're putting in what we feel. We're putting in and we're making our own doctrine and we're saying this is not for the day and that's not for the day. Honey, I want to tell you, we got to go according to the commands of the word of God. If we don't, it's not valid. And I know we may not be liked because we stand for the truth. Again, we can stand for the truth, but we don't, we don't be mean and hateful and things, but stand, having to understand, stand all. M. That's right. Commandment number two. Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The pattern is, so what happened on the day of Pentecost when Peter preached in Acts 2.38? Let's look at this verse again. Acts 24.47, and that repentance, everybody say repentance, and remission of sins, those are two things of sins, should be preached how? In his name, beginning where? Let's go and someone get Acts 2.38 and read it quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but this Peter was following the pattern. He said, well, pastor, why are you teaching on all of that? We, we, we want to teach on something that's going to make us shout and dance and carry on. Honey, this will make you shout and dance and carry on when you follow it. Now, are we condemning people because we teach this? No. We're just going according to the pattern. What you do with it or what I do with it, it's up to you. Do you want the fullness of the blessings of God or not? I don't have answers to all the questions, but I know this is the pattern. God moves through by, with anyone that opens up to him. But that doesn't change the pattern. Can you say amen? amen. Acts 2.38. Now, here, now here's the foundational pattern. What did, now you've got to understand that this was the first time that the, Pente- that the Holy Spirit ever fell upon a people in general. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament moved upon people individually. And after they were anointed with the Holy Spirit to do their mission, the Holy Spirit would lift. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came into them. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. Jesus said, I will come to you. And in that day, you will know that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, and I in you, and you in me. 
What day? The day of Pentecost. That's the pattern. Now, for Peter to get up and preach anything else, he would have ruined the pattern. If my wife had put sleeves in any other place other than where they were supposed to go in that pattern, she would have ruined the dress and it would have cost her money. Now we got to come, now listen, we got to come according to the pattern. Make sure it's by the pattern. But in doing that, while my wife was making the dress, she couldn't go and condemn anybody else that wasn't doing it according to the pattern. She might try to show them, and if they wouldn't listen, we have no right to condemn. Just because we're preaching it according to the pattern is not saying that we are condemning anybody else that has not seen our, the pattern. We leave all of that in God's hands. We just make sure because we have come to the truth. We feel we've come to a truth. And so therefore, and we found it in the book of Acts, which is the pattern of the early church. And we're trying the best we can to follow that. Do we always do it right? No. Are we the only ones that's going to heaven? No. I don't know how to put it all together, but I know this is what it says in the book of Acts, and this is what I'm going to do. Amen. If the doctor, I went to the doctor and he gave me a prescription to cure a certain malady that I have in my body, and I go and tamper with that medication, I'm taking... This is serious. Repentance room. What did, what did Peter say? Someone have it. Peter replied, each of you must repent of the sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there it is. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They said, what shall we do? He was talking to a Jewish group. You've got to understand that the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit fell, first of all, on the Jews. For a while, the church was only Jewish until the 10th chapter of Acts, when the Holy Spirit, the same way, fell on the Gentiles, and he brought them in. And what did Peter say to them there? He told them, he said, how can we forbid water? Some people say baptism isn't necessary. Honey, it is necessary because it said so in the Bible. Some say it doesn't matter. It does matter. Some say you, you can have the Holy Ghost. You don't have to have the Holy Ghost. Honey, the Holy Spirit is there. Why did Jesus give the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you didn't need it? It's kind of ridiculous. If I don't need to be baptized and I don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and I don't need to repent, then let's rip the book of Acts out and the rest of the epistles and throw it away and quit church and go out selling pencils. Go to do something else that's going to make us money. Why do we sacrifice? Why do we give? Why do we pray? Why do we get and have God speak to us in prophetic utterances? 
if we're not going according to the pattern. God is trying to show us. Now, I'm preaching, preaching passionately, not angrily. You never should be angry when you get in the pulpit. But I'm preaching fact. And so what did Peter say to the Gentiles? Can a man forbid water? They'd already received the Holy Ghost. Why didn't he just let it go? Why did Peter say, and why did God choose Peter to go to the Gentiles? Because he chose Peter to go to the Jews. And the Gentiles were going to be grafted into the church and there was going to be one body made up of Jews and Gentiles. And we got to get the pattern right. He couldn't let one group do one thing and another group do another. So he sent Peter, who had already preached on the day of Pentecost, and said, this is that which was, prophet by the, uh, was preached, uh, prophesied by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour it out of my spirit upon all flesh. Paul was, uh, Peter was very emphatic that they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if it wasn't important, why did 3,000, why did the 120 get the Holy Ghost? And on the same day, 3,000 were baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And that was the beginning of the church. Why do we ignore that? We are not, and I'm cautioning you, we are not to be, we got to be careful that we don't begin to, we don't get um, proud and haughty. But what we got to do, see, Jesus knew he was the truth, and they, they, they criticized Jesus for walking with, with um, 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 sinners, walking with sinners. Jesus knew who he was. He did not deviate by associating with those that did not know the truth. He was the truth. He associated in love. And that's exactly the way we do. We who feel, we, we who are going according to the book of Acts and according to what it says, we don't go and begin to be hateful and mean and haughty and arrogant and hold this, uh, this gospel uh, in, in, in a res because, uh, because of our attitude. We go and minister the truth. We go and minister in love. We love people. We Our first prerequisite in obeying the pattern is to love the people. Love everybody, no matter whether they see anything that we have or not. But if we would just love them, I remember talking to my best friend when I was in college. And was talking to him and he began to ask me questions. I never talked to him until he asked me questions. And then I told him the truth. And I told him the truth in love. And he looked at me and he said, Jim, I don't see it. I says, well, keep studying. You will. I would, dro- I would personally drop the subject. I wouldn't keep at him. Sometimes I'd talk to him and he'd say, Jim, I can't, I can't take any more. It's okay. I didn't befriend him. Our relationship didn't change. Finally, one day when I was in the prayer room, just praying, seeking God, and just just talking to the Lord and praising the Lord, was I any better than my friend? No. Was he not saved? Yes. He come and he tapped me on the shoulder. He had his Bible open. And he says, Jim, he says, I see it. I see it. I see it.
We don't shun our people. We don't push people away. We love people. But this is the pattern. This is what's going to change this country, is allowing the moving of the Holy Spirit in our congregations. Why do we quench it? Why do we stop it? Why do we, who claim to be Pentecostal, stop the, 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 the use of tongues in the sanctuary? That's the way it's supposed to be. Why do we stop worship? Why do we stop praise? What would have happened here if I'd have stood up today and I'd have said, okay, quiet it down. Okay, we're going to go quiet. We're going to be quiet. Amen? What would you, what, what would you have done? You'd have been shocked by Right? And we wouldn't have the move of the Spirit that we've got now. Okay? Let's go on. All right? Um, now, we've got to remember this one thing. The church had not been set in place yet as Jesus was giving these commandments. These are the commandments given by Jesus leading up to the inauguration of the church. Folks, the New Testament is not they were not in the church. They were still under the law. The four Gospels, in the Gospels. They were still, I don't mean the New Testament, but I mean the four Gospels. They were still under the law. The law had not been established. That's why Jesus, on the great day of the feast, stood up and said, you know, on that last day of the feast, he said, and he shouted out and said, if any man will come after me, you know, then he said, I I'm here. I have the water of eternal life. I will fill you. I will baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible makes sure, Luke, in, and I believe that's in Luke, makes sure that he uh, is speaking and he's saying, um, and the Holy Ghost had not yet been fall had not fallen. Why? Because the Holy Ghost had not been yet given. The church had not been established. So, when Jesus rose from the dead and those 40 days of supernatural instruction to the, to the, to the disciples, he was um, planning the foundation of the church. He was instructing those disciples, boys, this is the way you're to do it. So this was the foundation, the inauguration of the church. These are the foundational commands that we are listening to and that I'm teaching you. The great, great commission was a commission for the disciples to follow the plan that Jesus had taught. Amen. Then commandment number three. Luke 24, 48 says, and you are witnesses to these things. So another command is where to proclaim the gospel, the good news. We're not called to hold this to ourselves. So our prayer, one of our prayers should be, Lord, let me speak to someone. Let me talk to someone. Somehow open up and orchestrate a way that I can talk to my best friend or I can talk to my neighbor or, 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 or somehow. So the third command is that we are witnesses of these things. What things? The things that Jesus had taught them as he opened their understanding about the scripture. You see, prior to this, the disciples did not know a thing about the church, did not know, they, they didn't have a, 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 a clue. They didn't even know who he was. When he was in the ship and the storms, 
All they knew is he was a good rabbi and a good teacher. They didn't realize that he, was, he had come from God. They knew he was a great man, he, and they were following him, and he was teaching. You know what? He told them over and over and over again that he was going to be crucified. Read it in, in the Gospels, that he was going to be crucified. And then on the third day, he would rise again. And when he was crucified, they all went and hid. And we'd have probably done the same thing. I'm not condemning him, but they didn't have a clue. And then if you read uh, 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 later on, when uh, 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 there was two people, two men that were going to Emmaus, they were talking about the situations, and they were talking about the Old Testament prophecies, and they said, and they made the statement, and so Jesus comes along, and he says, what are you talking about, boys? Well, they said, you haven't heard? Heard what? That Jesus of Nazareth was crucified, and this is the third day, and he was supposed to have risen. He'd already risen, but he was supposed to have risen, and he hadn't. Jesus kind of reprimanded them. And then as he was walking along, it was getting towards evening, and uh, so they said, well, let's go in here and have a bite to eat. Let's go down to Sylvia's here and, and go get something to eat. <laughs> And it's been to me, I just said, well, someone's given me a gift certificate so we can get it for nothing. So why don't you come on in, Jesus, and we'll sit down. Huh. And in the breaking of the bread, I don't know whether it was the way he broke the bread or they saw the snail scars. But the Bible said their eyes were open. You know when they were fully opened? When Jesus was teaching them for 40 days, he supernaturally opened their minds. I mean, they got a crash course. And look in the word, they never deviated from the pattern. And everywhere they went, they were witnessing. Then we're going to, I'll stop here. But uh, what did he open their understanding to? He opened their understanding to the right doctrine. He opened their understanding to the right power. He opened their understanding to uh, the right attitude. The right doctrine, the right power, the right attitude. I'm going to talk on that next week. We have, if we're, going to, if we're going to walk with Jesus, we have got to love the unlovely. We cannot be biased. We cannot condemn. We cannot call people down. We cannot point our finger at people. It's not, it's, it's, it's not that is not way. That's for, that's for when you get the Holy Spirit, you'll have the right attitude. You love people. And what did the Bible say? Those disciples said, um, uh, they knew them by what? Their love. The greatest thing. Saints, we can cast out devils. We can speak in tongues. We can prophesy. We can preach the truth as we see it. 
until the cows come home. But if we don't have love, it's just like we're hitting a big gong. And doesn't that bother you after a while? You tell the guy, stop beating that ball, that gong. It's driving me crazy. Amen. See, we have to be careful. We have to know. And that's why we have to spend time with Jesus. That's why we have to spend time in prayer. That's why we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is like a dove. And the Holy Spirit is easily... Um, yes. Easily pushed away. We don't want to be ones that push people away. Now some may get upset because we preach the truth. But that, 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 that should not stop us. We should still hold the truth, but hold it in righteousness. A lot of people hold the truth in unrighteousness. And they're haughty and they're arrogant. And they think they're the only ones. Can you say amen? Praise God. But we're not the only ones. I want to tell you, there's a move of the Spirit that's going on across this nation. Amen? And you know, the disciples, before they got to Revelation, there was, a, there was a group that was casting out devils in Jesus' name. And they wanted to call fire down on them. Well, Jesus said, why? Well, they're not one of us. He looked at him and he said, anybody that's for me isn't against me. If they're casting out the devils in my name, leave them alone. So our, our position is not to antagonize people. Our position is to present the truth. And if it's accepted, wonderful. If it isn't, it's in the hands of God. Well, those people over there aren't of God. How do we know? Right. Or someone comes in and is struggling with habits and everything else. Well, when I got the Holy Ghost, that wasn't the way I got it. I got rid of all that stuff. Well, honey, you're not him. Amen. Thank you. Didn't change their attitude any. <laughs> Amen. Because that other person may have a different attitude and may have the stronger thing that's got to hold him and they're fighting the battle. Why don't we just go along and put our arm around him and say, listen, God delivered me and he can deliver you and start praying with them. I'll help you. See, when we come to church like this, we're from all different walks of life. We are part of the church. We're not the church. We're part of it. Can you say amen? And so we're from every walk of life. Everybody has a different life's experience. Everybody has a different background. Therefore, they deal with situations differently. This is what makes the body so beautiful. Because once they get their problems and situations all straightened out, then you can see how God can move through them through the power of God. So, we don't judge a person from what we see on the outside. We pray for them that they will progress. We stand with them 
and we love them where they are. We don't change them. He changes them. You've probably heard me say this story and then I'm going to quit. Had a great big tall, I don't know, I guess he was tall as uh, Pastor Morse. Uh, and I had to look up to him like this. I have to do that to, to Jeff. I have to look up to him when I talk to him. And um, um, he, he got up, he repented, and tears was rolling down his cheeks, and he had his hands. It was all new, all new to him. And uh, so then after he got all through, he looked at me, and he looked down at me, and he says, I want to tell you one thing. I said, what? He says, y'all one D good preacher. I'm a good preacher, he said. And I looked at him, and I said, thank you. I didn't say he didn't get saved. I didn't say he hadn't repented. He just stepped out of the world. He was using the language of the world that he hadn't been sanctified from. So that was the way he expressed it. There's one thing I took. At least he thought I was a good preacher. I thought I got one thing worked out with him. Can you say amen? He'll probably come back again. Amen. But I could have reprimanded him and said, well, we don't use that kind of language in this church. I'd have driven him away. Amen. God is good. All right. I'm done. Let's stand. Come back next week and I'll get at you again. No, I won't. <laughs> Praise God. Take what you have received today, not only from the Word, but from the movement of the Spirit, and be comforted and strengthened in the presence of the Lord this week. Get alone with Him. And let him sanctify you. Let him strengthen you. Let him keep you. And uh, through all your hard work, be blessed. Blessed as you go out. Blessed as you come in. Amen. Blessed as you go about your business. Blessed as you go about your work. May God be and let the light of Jesus shine through you. That others may see the love of Jesus. Can you say amen? Hold the truth in righteousness and in love. Amen. God bless you.